Speaking of sacred time, today is me and Megan's sixth wedding anniversary. Thankfully, we celebrated last weekend <laughs> so with a trip to Berkeley Springs, uh, West Virginia. But six years ago, on our wedding, uh, we took a week-long vacation to Mexico immediately afterwards as a honeymoon. And since our wedding was on uh, October 27th, it was our uh, and our vacation was to Mexico, those of you familiar with Mexican culture will realize this meant that we were in the Yucatan Peninsula for Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. A three-day commemoration of those who have gone before that spans the U.S. version of Halloween, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. In Mexico, the ubiquitous homemade altars for Dia de los Muertos were both mesmerizing and macabre. Pictures of departed loved ones are surrounded with flickering candle flames, flowers, food, crosses. Fancifully dressed skeletal figures abound. Thinking back on those homemade altars reminds me of the connection that's sometimes made in English between the words scarred, sacred, and scared. And although these words do not share a common etymological root... Their similarity in English is striking and worth reflecting upon. Those scary Dia de los Muertos altars point us to what is sacred, the memory of those who have died and gone before us. And those memories are often scars on our hearts and our psyches. And along these lines, Rudolf also Otto gave a famous definition of the sacred as the mysterium tremendum et fascinans. That is, the sacred as that awe-inspiring, numinous mystery before which we both tremble and find fascinating. Before which we are both repelled and attracted. And Samhain, All Saints Day, and Dia de los Muertos, as well as their parallels in other cultures, all recognize that death, which happens to all of us, is one of those aspects of the human condition that is mysterium tremendum et fascinans, a mystery before we which we both tremble and are fascinated, are both repelled and attracted. Religion is one of our human attempts to make sense of such phenomena as death. As the late UU minister Forrest Church used to say, religion is our, is our human response to the dual reality of being alive and having to die. Reality is our dual response to being alive and having to die. And there's arguably no better time of year to reflect on the existential reality of death than in the coming sacred, scarred, and scary days of Halloween, Samhain, and All Souls. For now, I'll conclude these meditations with some insights from one of my favorite contemplative theologians, Cynthia Bourgeau. She's an Episcopal priest. And she sees an intriguing parallel with the well-known spring tritum. Now, some of you who come from maybe a Catholic or more Orthodox may know that word, tritum. It's Latin for three days. As it comes at the end of what Christians call Holy Week, which commemorates the final week of Jesus' life. And includes Monday Thursday, Holy Friday, and Holy Saturday. It doesn't include Easter because if, if you're really hardcore and orthodox, you know, Holy Saturday includes going to the Easter vigil, 
which goes all the way up until midnight, at which time you celebrate Easter. So it's Maundy Thursday, Holy Saturday, and Holy Friday. And the parallel that Bourgeois sees is with what could be called the fall tritum of Halloween, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. And for a few years now, Bourgeois has been leading silent retreats structured around this fall tritum. And I've preached here in the past about the spirituality of winter and the spirituality of spring. And what is most interesting to me about this idea of a fall tritum is the difference in energy, focus, and theme from the spring version. And although Lent, that 40-day period before Easter in the Christian tradition, is often observed as a solemn time, I'm not sure we really get that right, but it's often observed as a solemn time, the word Lent actually comes from the word, the root word for lengthen. It refers to the lengthening of days in the springtime. And so rightly celebrated, one could all argue, Lent should be all about opening ourselves up to potential transformation in our lives. Opening ourselves up to what you could call resurrection energy, if that isn't too loaded a word in a Unitarian Universalist congregation. Preparing for fruition in our lives, like the flowering of spring after a long winter. In contrast to this outward energetic fruition in the spring tritum, the fall tritum through which we will pass this next week. We're going to pass through it whether we like it or not. The question is, what kind of attention will we bring to it? What kind of intention will we bring to it? But about that fall tritum, Bougeot writes, in this fall tritum, the movement is more inward. The days are shortening, the leaves are falling, and the earth is drawing once again into itself. Everything in the natural world confronts us with reminders of our own mortality. And yet in the midst of this broody season of dark and inwardness, the days offer themselves as a journey, as a progression we can take if we so choose. In the quiet brown time of the year, these fall tritum days are an invitation to do profound inner work. To face our shadows and our deep fears, death being the scariest of all for most people. Then to move back into our lives again, both humbled and steadied in that which lies beyond light and dark, beyond life and death. I encourage all of you who have the inclination to keep these days as best you can for this quiet but extraordinary right of passage that we are offered annually. My name is Irene. I facilitate the monthly full moon labyrinth walks here teach the Thursday morning yoga class, and I'm a member of CUPS, the Covenant of UU Pagans. As the natural world around us begins to shift toward darkness and the cycle of stillness, one of the pagan high holidays is upon us. I'd like to talk to you this morning about Samhain. When I was 13, one of my closest friends lost a lengthy battle with childhood leukemia. It was my first big death, the one that changes everything about how you see the world. I come from a wonderful family, but 
a bit of a waspy one. We're understated and rational. And like many families in our culture, we didn't really have a way to talk about grief. My experience of mourning within this culture is that you're given a month, maybe more, to be upset, and then you're expected to get on with it, to get better, get over it. And by that, I think we mean repress our feelings so they don't trouble anyone else. But my own experience of grief is that it doesn't end. It doesn't go away. It transforms slowly over time. But it never ends. It never just goes away. I think part of what initially drew me to paganism, to Wicca, at age 15, was the holiday Samhain. As a whole, pagans believe the soul continues after death. We honor the cycles of nature, the wheel of the year, and connect to its turning on a very deep level. At this time, in the world around us, the leaves are falling, leaving the branches to clatter in the wind like so many bones. The growing season is ending, shifting into the season of death and increasing darkness. We believe that at this time, as death appears around us, so too do the souls of those who have gone before. We believe the veil between the living and the dead grows thin, thin enough that those who have gone before us can hear us, can see us, and can sometimes speak across that great divide. We build ancestral altars at this time, both for our distant ancestors and for the dear ones who have gone on ahead of us. Altars can be simple or complex. Sometimes it's just taking out the old photos and putting them on the mantle where everyone can see them. Sometimes it's a special table covered in pictures, decorations, objects we associate with our lineage. We make our loved ones' favorite dishes for family meals. We visit cemeteries to clean off the graves and decorate them anew. And most importantly, we have a space for grief. We have a time for allowing those places inside us to breathe, a space to speak the words aloud, I miss you, and to know that they are heard, a chance to connect. Every year, a visit with the other side, I spend a lot of October talking to my friend, to my late grandmother, in the quiet spaces of my day. I can feel them in the air. I sense them drawing near. The night of the 31st is when the veil is thinnest. It's why it's called the Witch's New Year. Our cycle ends and then begins at the death of the growing season. Samhain night sees big rituals honoring those who have gone before. Some traditions do a recitation of the dead, a calling of the names. Others create a dumb feast, a table laid out of doors, beautifully decorated for the season, and carrying the dishes our lost loved ones and ancestors most enjoyed, that they may eat, drink, and be merry in their own way when they come to visit. Personally, I gather with a close group of pagans, many of whom are playing drums for you this morning, 
We stand in a circle, and we speak about those we wish to honor. We talk to our families, to our friends who have gone beyond. We pour out libations on the ground to each. We cry. We laugh. We tell the old stories, and we sing the old songs. And every year, that aching place inside of us that is grief has a moment to be soothed a chance to breathe, a moment between one year and the next, between the worlds of time and place when we come to stillness and communion. It is that stillness, that inner quiet that we carry with us into winter. For pagans, the dark season is a time to go within, to do deeper, more personal work on ourselves. Like our furry, four-legged brothers and sisters on this earth, we hibernate. We turn inward and seek our own illumination there. It's easy to get distracted in the warm months. There's so much to do. Festivals to attend, projects to start, visits, vacations. But when the light begins to fade, a different kind of work can begin. What did you lose this year? What quiet places inside of you are aching from neglect? We expend so much energy on the needs of others. Have you remembered to tend your own flame? It's okay if the answer is no. I definitely know it is for me. That's the other part of why I look forward to Samhain so much. This month, I'm redecorating my home altar and beginning an 18-day sadhana a Sanskrit word for a spiritual practice with a specific goal in mind. I'm working on integration, on trying to get all the pieces of me to be a more cohesive whole. I have a sub-goal of deeper connection on every level, to deity, to myself, to my life. During that 18-day sadhana, I will spend time every day focusing on that goal. I will use prayer, meditation, and physical yoga postures to help me on my way. It's the beginning of what I think of as my winter work, my time to do some repair and upgrades on myself. I realize that it may sound like a lot of work. I take the inner space exploration of winter pretty seriously, but honoring the energy of the dark season doesn't have to be so elaborate. It can simply be finding a little space in your morning to set an intention for your day. To choose stillness just for a moment. It could be turning off the TV and putting away the smartphone a little earlier in the evening to allow for some quiet time. A space away from distraction and discussion. You could start journaling. Or maybe it's time to read that book you've been meaning to pick up. The season of death is also the season of renewal. You see, at Samhain, we go underground as well. Cycles occur in more than just the world around us. It's so easy to forget, with all our technology, all our bread and circuses, that we are a part of nature, not separate from it. And like the trees and animals, we need time to rest and nurture ourselves for the next growing season. We, too, grow weary after a long summer. We tire and fade 
and need to go into darkness for a time. We renew there, heal old wounds, and tend the fire within. And then we emerge again. It is my hope to step out into spring as a better version of myself, a more authentic, more grounded Irene. I think, most of all, Samhain speaks to the spark within the darkness, the loved ones that exist beyond death, the light within us that shines on the darkest of days, the comfort of a warm hearth on a cold night. This is the gift and the lesson of the season, that the wheel of the year turns and we turn with it, that a journey into the night is not something to be feared. It is simply a part of the cycle. May this season see you blessed with space, with peace, with stillness. A blessed sound to you all.